Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Good. Come on, all the time. Yes. Praise God. Um, <clears throat> moms. Amen. All right. That's it. So be a moms. Amen. That concludes our service today. Moms are special. Moms are special to our hearts. Uh, I. I Hopefully every mom that walked in here today, you received something when you walked in. If you did not, you need to get that in your hand. Amen? A little gift for you. Just to tell you that you're loved, that we welcome you, and, and that we truly just, um, we honor you on this day. Not just this day, you know, it's every day. But we definitely honor you on this day, moms. Amen? And you got that. And, and uh, I want to tell Lucy as well, happy Mother's Day. She just got here, but I want to tell her thank you because she, she was a big help and a contributor uh, to those gifts. Amen? So... So I appreciate her, her heart and her passion and uh, just her love for the family here. She's part of us. We just thank her very much. But I'm um, just grateful to be here with you guys today. And it's funny, I was sharing during our 930 huddle in regards to our series that we are on, More Than a Letter. And um, you guys have no idea how much I wrestled and I, and I wrestled and, and I looked at notes and I looked at new notes and some thoughts that I had and I had to go back and forth and and it was probably Wednesday, and I was still wrestling between some things. And, and it was difficult for me because we're on this series of First Peter and Second Peter. But today, specifically, we are going to focus on, like, submitting to your authorities and, and the government. And, and, and I was just like, yeah, that's kind of rough to speak on a Mother's Day, you know? <laughs> so I was like, geez, what do I do, you know? Even if it's one new mom, she's going to be like, what's happening here today, like? What is he talking about? Why did you tell me to come to church today? So, so I, I really have a message uh, that's not in our series of messages. Next week we'll, we'll get into that chapter and, and we'll go uh, into those verses. But today I want to sh- do a little spinoff from the title of last week. And I want to tell the moms today that moms, you're just built different. How many of you have a mom? You can say she's just built different. And that's my message today. And it's to tell the moms, moms. You're just different, and you're just built different. It's not a bad thing. What are you trying to say? I'm built what? It's a good thing. You're just built different. The way God made you, the way God uses you, the way you flow in your ministry as mom, you're just built different, and we honor you today. Let's give moms another hand. They deserve it. Amen. Hopefully, hopefully you're taking her out today, or you're cooking for her today, or you're celebrating her today at home, or something like that. Um, because she deserves it every day, but today let's just really uh, make it worth it for mom. Amen? And as we get into this, as I shared uh, last week, we, we spent time in chapter 2 of 1 Peter. You guys should really go and listen to all the messages again and again in our series, especially if you want to hear next week's, just to get the flow of Scripture because we're going verse by verse through this letter, and I want you to understand what the next thing and where it's coming from. But go back and listen to that on YouTube and on podcast. But last week in our series, More Than a Letter, we discussed the importance 
of ridding ourselves. Remember that? To rid yourself. How'd it go this week? Right? To rid yourself. And to rid ourselves from ourselves is the number one thing. We've come to learn that in our lives, the greatest enemy is ourselves at times. It's not necessarily, the, it's not Satan, it's not a demon or a devil itself. It's, it's, sometimes it's ourselves, our own mind, our own flesh, our own appetite. <clears throat> and we need to rid ourselves of ourselves. And I think last week we all said amen to that. And we said that we're built different. And hopefully you remember that message and we'll review it next week. But I wanted you to remember what we said, that we were what kind of stones were we? Dead stones, right? Dead stones? No, we're living stones. And we're living stones that are placed upon the chief cornerstone. In which the Lord now is building a holy temple. The Lord is building us, his special people. And we are, every single one of us, not this building, not any other building, the beautiful buildings, the buildings that cost millions of dollars, which they're beautiful and all those things. But we are the temple of God. We are the house of God. And he's building us up. And we are just built different. We are a special people. And that's what we spoke about last week and we went into detail in regards to that scripture. But today is Mother's Day and I didn't want to continue to flow in that. But the truth is that moms are just built different. And that's why I wanted to stick to that title. Moms are just built different. You see, I started thinking about this because I'm a dad and I'm married to a mom, right? She's, my wife is a mom now. And I'm a son of a mom. And moms, I could, I could say this humbly, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to humble myself right now. Moms can do things that dads will never be able to do. All right? Are you men humble yourself? We can start with number one. They gave birth to your child. Amen? Can't do that. So right there, we know that that statement is true. But it goes deeper than that statement. There's more to it than just birth. And moms can do things that dads will never be able to. I know Nancy has shown me that she does things that... As much as I will frustrate her, she needs to understand I can never be that person. The per- that person in which you are. That's why you're their mom. Because you have a gift in that area that I just don't have. And I'm sure we could say vice versa in dad. Has, ha- that we have things that moms will never have. But fathers, that's your, your month is next month. Amen? <laughs> just chill out. Just going to chill with moms for a moment today. But they have an instinct. I know my mom does. I know Nancy does. Have you ever walked into a room? Moms, has your child ever walked into a room and like, hmm, something's off? You have an instinct about you. Okay, you just do. Maybe you're a child and you've walked into a room and your mom says, what's happening? Everything's good. No, no. Something's wrong. What is it? No, I promise everything's good. Well, I'm not going to stop asking you until you tell me. They just have an instinct about them. Moms just have this gift. We forget sometimes that we were made in their very own womb, you know. We forget that. And, and, and those in adoption and all that, shoot, the power of that, how the Lord has united that family. Trust me, children, moms know. They know you. They know what makes you tick and so on and so forth. My mom knows. I know that for sure. But how the Lord has made them mother to their children. They just have a different kind of strength, this nature in them. And and it's a beautiful thing to to watch. A godly mother. Everyone say godly mother. Yeah, because I'm not going to spend and waste my time up here without really highlighting and focusing that if you're going to be any kind of mother, the mother that you're going to be, the mother that you have to be, and the mother that you need to continue to be is a godly mother. Amen? And all the godly mothers say, 
All right. I think I heard about five godly mothers there. Let's get that number up. Amen. But a godly mother is truly a sight to watch. Truly a sight to watch. And hopefully for her husband, it's a sight for him as well. My wife is a godly mom, and I should honor you. I remember growing up, and I've shared this story multiple times, but one of the greatest blessings that my mom taught me was not with words, was not with spankings. The greatest lesson that my mom taught me was that every single morning, if I woke up and I grabbed a drink of water, whatever it was, at 5 o'clock in the morning, she was in her prayer section, she was in her table, she was reading her word. Never did she miss a morning where she wasn't before in the presence of God. And that really touched me. And it touched me and said, man, my mom really spends time with God every single day. Godly mothers, amen. And moms, we just thank you. And we honor you, and, and we honor you and thank you because you're just built different. And as believers, we have influence. So check this out. We're going to get into this message, right? This, it's really like three, four verses and three points, which I never do that. But today I'll do it. Um, and, and, and it's not, I'm going to pick on moms, but I don't want you to think like, ah, oh, I should not have come today. It, they just made it all about moms. It's not actually all about moms because if you listen to the points, if you listen to the word of God, if you hear to the words that are being said, the truth is for every single believer. Every single one of us. And I'll start with this. As believers, all of us have influence. Have you noticed in your life as a believer you have influence? You have influence in your home. You have influence with your children. You have influence with your coworkers. You have influence before your boss and you have influence in those that are under you. You have influence all around you all day in the traffic light, in traffic, when that horn beeps, when that car cuts you off, when that guy almost rear ends you. You have influence who you're going to be in that shopping line, when that person just cut right in front of you, when you know that you waited the long line and now it was your turn next and you decide right there, I'm going to let him have, you have influence in every area of your life. Amen. Every single one of us has influence. And when it comes to our families and our children, I could truly say this even more. Our influence starts at home. The Bible teaches us that. That if we're losing our home, then what? We drop our gifts on the altar and we go fix those things at home. There's no way that our homes can be dying while our ministry is flourishing. It all starts at home. And there is where the greatest influence is being poured out. Amen. And I want to remind every mom that you have great influence. And you have great influence on your children. And I believe that one of the greatest blessings in this life is to have a godly mom. If you are a child of a godly mom, has that been the greatest blessing in your life? And if you can't say yes right now, trust me, the Lord is going to do such a work in you. Now one day you're going to say, yes, it is. It's the greatest thing in my life was to have a godly mom. So moms, one of the greatest gifts that you could give your children is just that. Is to be a godly mother. Be a godly mother. Being a mom today is so important and is so different than times before. How many of you like old classics? I do. I'm weird like that. Like I'll watch like, what is it, a TM, some channel. And they show old, like leave it to beaver. Like Lassie, some of you guys have no idea what you're talking about. 
But like those shows, like I'll watch them and like the old cowboy shows that they made them in color, like I'm just, I'll get numb in front of them. I just like that stuff. And, and if you look at Leave it to Beaver and you see the family function and stuff like that, like, whoa, moms are not like that anymore. Families are not like that anymore. It's very hard to see a family like Lassie's family or Leave, Leave it to Beaver or whichever one you want to think about. It's totally different than times before. Many moms uh, can't just stay home and raise their children. If you have that opportunity, amen. But many moms don't have that opportunity. Many have to go to work and continue with their career. And I want you to think about this. It's ha- it happened in our lives. When children come, many times they get dropped off at daycare, even as infants. It's right away. Because that's the world that we live in today. That's the city that we live in. It's just hustle and bustle. We're moving. We're going. And it's a different kind of lifestyle today. I want to share some statistics, I guess, um, with you guys so you could get what I mean here. In 1950, only 12% of women with preschool children worked outside of the home. 12%, 1950. In 1985, so what was that, 35 years? In 1985, over 50% of mothers with children five and under were working. The number skyrocketed from 12 to 50%. Also, young mothers returned to work sooner after the birth of their babies than ever before. Listen to this. In 1976, 31% of mothers were back on the job before their child's first birthday. That's 1976, 31% were back at work before their child's first birthday. This is not even 2000, the statistics don't even hit 2021. I stopped it at 1987. By 1987, that figure jumped to over 50%. Where do you think we're at today at 2021? Probably like 80, 70 something percent more. So you think about these numbers and, and we could say that, man, moms, you have a lot going on. You got, you got to carry the burden of work and the burden of family. And then you come home and you have what? Your children. And you have to do everything that needs to be done for your children. And we want to encourage and we want to strengthen you today. And I want to remind you that as you juggle so many things, and think about how this goes for all of us in a sense too. As you juggle so many things and as you wear so many hats, don't ever lose focus that you are a gift to your children. And you play such an important role as godly mother in their lives. You are a gift if you're taking notes you should know that and you should write that and you should remember that every day when you wake up say i am a gift i am a gift i want to share three things with you today write them down number one godly mothers are women of sincere faith amen godly mothers are women of sincere faith we'll get into that number two godly mothers honor god's word and they train their children in it Godly mothers honor God's word and they train their children in it. And number three, godly mothers have great influence on their children. I'm going to go into those three things quickly today. But I want to start with this because immediately as I thought about this and I was reading this passage, I thought about Paul's writing to Timothy. I don't know if you're familiar with Paul's writing to Timothy. But Timothy, a young pastor who Paul sends out to shepherd a church in Ephesus. And Timothy, if you look at his life, could have been influenced by Paul's ministry, obviously. 
And he truly committed his life to Christ. If you read throughout Paul's writing and, 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 and his voyages, his journeys, you'll see that Timothy committed his life most likely to Christ due to Paul and because of Paul's ministry. So Timothy was what? Greatly influenced by Paul. We know that for sure. Listen, I wanted to go into this if I had time, but I'm just going to read it just to show you something. I hope the translation that I have in my hand will do justice. But it says this. In Acts chapter 16, verse 1, watch what it says about Paul and Timothy and Timothy's mom. It says, Paul went to Derbe and to Lystra where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium. So Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. In difference to the Jews of that area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left. For everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. And the churches were strengthened in their faith, and they grew larger every day. What are we seeing? Paul took Timothy on the journey with him. Come on, I want to mentor you. I want to bring you under my wings. And we see that in Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 1 and on. But I want you to know that that is not necessarily where it started. That was part of it. But that wasn't all of it. Timothy had some very important people in his life. I'm wondering if you're a very important person in someone else's life. Come on, ask yourself this question. Am I important in someone else's life? You should be because of the influence you have in Jesus. Amen? Through Jesus. Do you have influence in another person's life? So Timothy had these important people. Since childhood, what were they doing? They were planting seed. Since childhood, they were watering. They were instructing. They were teaching. They were leading this young Timothy since childhood. That's what they were doing since childhood. And Paul gives us insight to this very thing and to some very important people. Let's go ahead and read the verses for today. It's found in 2nd, or that's really the verse for today, but we'll, we'll get to the next ones. It's 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. And I want you to see what Paul writes. You should catch it immediately. <clears throat> Here it is. Paul says this. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Who's Paul writing to? Paul's writing to Timothy. It is a letter from the Apostle Paul to Timothy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Listen to this. Which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded is in you also. Just look at that verse and let that verse speak for itself. What is Paul telling Timothy? Hey, you have an amazing faith that is in you. I am persuaded. I am persuaded that this faith is also in you. But know this, Timothy, that this faith that is also in you, this genuine faith, it also dwelt first in your grandmother and your mother. And Paul points at these two women before going into Peter and, uh, oh, my mind's on Peter, into Timothy, into anything else. And I want you to see that there, that, that Paul calls out two prior generations in Timothy's life that were vital 
to his faith. And he's telling him, Timothy, look, look, look back at I remember your genuine faith. For you share this faith. And it's a faith that first filled your grandmother. It filled your grandmother, Lois. And, and not only did it fill Lois, but it also reached your mother, Eunice. It filled her too. And then he says this, and I know that that same faith, it continues strong in you. You have a faith that your grandmother and your mom had. So I want you to look at this verse and, man, we could look at Timothy's life. And I started to think about this. And it's this, there would be no faithful Timothy pastoring such an important church in Ephesus if there was no faithful grandmother and faithful mother. How many of you could say, there would be no me if there was no faithful mother in my life? If there was no faithful grandmother that taught my mother and a faithful mother that then taught me, I don't know where I would be today if it wasn't for my mom. Godly mothers, where would your children be tomorrow? Think about that. Think about how important that is. Man, that determines the what? The influence of your godliness in their lives today. And that is what Timothy and Paul is highlighting to Timothy. These women, they passed on one to another, lowest to Eunice, and then later on Eunice led it to Timothy. A life of faith in Jesus that earned them the respect and honor of all who knew them. If you look at their lives, they were honored, they were respected by the early church because they were women of faith. And you know how you could tell? Their offspring walked in the paths that they laid for them. Timothy was walking down the footsteps that his grandmother Lois paved for him. Timothy was walking behind the footsteps that his mother, that his mother Eunice paid for him. And he today was becoming now a young adult, ready to pastor a church that was going to flourish. It was going to be a difficult church, but he was going to take on the challenge. And Timothy was going to do a very good job as a young pastor, pastoring this church. Go on, Timothy. Where did he get this from, this grit from, this faith from, that as a young man he was able to lead a congregation in such tenacity, in such difficult times? And I'll tell you today, yes, it was through the mentorship of Paul, but it's deeply rooted in the faith of his grandmother Lois and in his mother Eunice. Moms, godly mothers, I'm telling you today you're important. Timothy's success could be credited for years of being poured into by them, by Lois and Eunice. His first example, you should, you should hear this and know this and let this be a branded, seared into your mind. His first example, way before ever meeting Paul, of seeing how someone is to live their lives for the Lord, was his very own grandmother and mother. And all I could say is moms, dads, Family members, what are your family seeing in you? What are you teaching them? So that when they become 20, 30, and 40, and they pick up your bad habits, you have no one to blame but yourself. Godly mothers, godly people. Amen? That's what we're called. That's what we're called to. If you're a mom and maybe you plan to be a mom, this is my point, point number one. To be a godly mother, you're to be a woman of genuine faith, sincere faith, 
You know, I, I thought about this and I said, well, who knows the story, you know? Lois could have been at Jerusalem. Lois is the grandma. We call her abuela. That's how we do it. We say abuela. My kids say abu and weli. I used to say nani, but then I got old and I said eh, abuela. <clears throat> but, you know, you think about Grandma Lois. She could have been at Jerusalem. Have you ever thought about this? How did Lois come to the Lord? Hmm. Maybe she was at Jerusalem at the day of Pentecost, was converted, came back home to Lystra, and told her daughter, I need to tell you what just happened. There was a fire that fell in a building. They were speaking in new tongues. This radical young man came out. I would say he's about 19 years old. He began to preach maybe 2021. He came out. He started to preach. Next thing you know, we all raised our hand. We wanted salvation. We all accepted Jesus right there in our hearts. We fought fire. He sent us to the water. We all got baptized in the water. I came back over here to tell you that the Messiah, his name is Yeshua. And can you imagine? That could have been the story. And Eunice is like, what, mom? Are you kidding me? The Messiah? It was him. I heard about this Jesus of Nazareth. It was, wait, so who was it? Peter? And who else did you make? Okay, I want to go, I want to go next. Think about that could have been the, how it happened. And they all were converted. Or maybe they both converted there in Acts chapter 16. We see that Paul has taken journeys to, to this area where they lived. And maybe they received his preaching. And maybe they were converted there. Whatever the case, whatever the case, these were very important women. And they were godly women. And they were godly women with genuine faith. Point number one. I want to share this with you for your notes. When I say genuine faith, sincere faith, I want you to write this down. The word sincere there, genuine, it means this. Not hypocritical. It's a faith which is non-hypocritical. This does not indicate that you are perfect or you've reached perfection. So I want to let everyone here know, wherever you're at in your life, or every mom here know this. Ready? Stop trying to be perfect. You're not fooling anyone. You're not fooling anyone. All you're doing is what? You're carrying a burden that you shouldn't be carrying. It's okay to know that you're not perfect. Guess what? You came into a room today with a lot of what? Imperfect people. So we're not perfect. You're not perfect, mom. And and we've seen that. Your children have seen that you're not perfect. And I want you to know that because they'll never tell you that. But I want you to know, if they have not told you, they already saw that you're not perfect. But that does not mean that you're not godly. Those are two different things. It does not indicate perfection. Children see right through us. They know if someone is real, someone is fake. And I want to ask every single one of us, I want to ask every mom, what kind of faith are you demonstrating before your children? Lois and Eunice, for example, Faith dwelt in these women, and it was at home. It was in them. They had sincere faith, a non-hypocritical faith. So what does this look like in someone's life, in a godly mother's life even? Here's some points. Ready? This is not all of it. These are just some points. It means that you have sincere, <clears throat> that you have sincerely believed, and you have placed your trust in Jesus Christ. How many of us could say Amen. Number two, it means that you walk in reality with Jesus each day and you spend time in his word and in prayer. Number three, it means that you confront yourself with what? What do you confront yourself with every day? With scripture. And you judge your sin through scripture on this thought level of what does the word of God say about my life? Number four, it means that when you do sin, 
against someone, maybe even against a family member, because you're a godly mom, a godly woman, because you're a godly person, you ask for forgiveness. You lower your ego. You lower your pride and you ask for forgiveness. And you seek to work out in your weak areas. How can I work these things out? And my last point, it means that you develop godly character, qualities, attitudes, submission, gratitude, thankfulness, and joy in the Lord. You develop godly characters, a godly mom. Your kids will realize that while my mom is not perfect, I could tell you today that my mom does. I hope that your children could say that. So I want to ask you this question and really, this is not just for moms, sorry. It's for everyone. And maybe you have a child. Maybe you have someone that you <clears throat> do life in front of. I asked a question geared towards children, but it could mean anyone. And it's this. Do your kids want anything to do with your version of Christianity? Do, do they? Or do you turn them off? Because you're not leading them well. Does your children, do they want nothing to do with your version of Christianity? What does that mean for every single one of us? Hopefully that's encouraging you. Your genuine faith is contagious. Come on, faith is contagious. You've been around someone that has a lot of faith? You're like, woohoo, this guy's too much for me. This girl's too much for me. Have you ever been around someone with a crazy faith like that? Like you're just like, you're at a park, you know? You're at a shopping center, you know, you're, you're at a birthday party. And you're all sitting down, like you're sitting with people, whatever. And just, just, it's, just, it's a time just to relax and, and, how can I say this, and be yourself. And you're just hanging out. And someone in the dinner table, maybe you're at a nice restaurant. And they say, well, you know, lately I haven't been feeling so good. You know, I've been suffering maybe from migraines or, or my joints have been hurting or I've been having these things. And, and that, there's that one person at the table who says, what? Oh, right now. Right now, you know what, the whole table, right now I believe that God can heal you. We're going to pray right now for that thing that you have going on in your life. And I believe that God could, could do something mighty right now. Everyone, anyone know someone like that? And you're inside, you're like, wow, that's awesome, but that's crazy. Maybe you're that person, you're like, man, he's talking about me. Good, you go. You rock. You're... Keep, keep being bold. It's a beautiful thing. I'm not discouraging you. Hopefully your whole life matches that. You know what I mean? That you're not just like weird like that. And then like in other areas, just like, you know, they, that Christ is filling, you know, it's all around. You know, it's not just like in weird moments. All right, never mind. I'm going to get in trouble. Here we go. But, but faith is contagious. You get around someone like that, you're like, wow, that was pretty bold. So then one day you're not with them and you're like, I'm going to try to do what Stacy did. I can't believe Stacy did that that day I went out to eat dinner. She didn't care about what her waiter said. And something happens to you. And then you know what? You, you start to do what Stacy did and, and it becomes part of you. Sometimes all we need is to get around someone with crazy, genuine, non-hypocritical faith that's contagious. And then we, it begins to activate in us. And then what happens is that we start to do crazy things. And then what? We start to pray for people that are sick. Or we start to pray for someone who's downcasted. Or we begin to serve someone that needs to be served. And we begin to visit someone that's lonely. And we begin to go out to the streets where there's someone that's smelly and dirty. And it's hanging on by the curve. And it's probably been there for months, maybe years. And we just sit 
sit with them and have conversations with them because no one's ever had a very long, proper conversation for them in a while. And someone looks at you and says, what's wrong with you? Something's changing you. Have you gone crazy? And you say, no, it's something in me. I'm just so, I'm filled with faith and it's so contagious and I just want to share it with everyone. I'm wondering if you've been there. You know, you're, just, you're driving, you see someone like, ah, it's not happening. And you do a, a, a U-turn and you pull over and you said, I'm going to hang out with this person for a little bit. And I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to serve this person. Or I'm going to feed this person. Or I'm going to pray for this person. I'm telling you today that your genuine faith, if it's genuine, if it's not hypocritical, your hypocritical faith, it turns people off. You want to know why people aren't following you? You want to know why your followers haven't grown? You, you, you want to know why you haven't had that much influence? Because your faith is hypocritical, but when it's genuine and it's real and it's true, people want to chase that and want to be around that. Do you have genuine faith? No, no, don't get me wrong. You struggle in faith and and stuff like that. There's things in your life that are hard. There's things in your life that you've been praying for. Come on. I'm not talking about like, man, you're walking on water every single day. That's not what I'm trying to tell you. I'm just saying like in the midst of your struggle and your pains, in the midst, even in your down moments, is this thing so rooted in you that you continue in the faith and it's contagious that they say, man, that's a contagious person to follow. To hear from godly mothers are contagious because they're faithful and they're filled with faith. Amen? Timothy's faith could be traced back through his mother and his grandmother and he could see the Lord in them. Can people see the Lord in you? And what did it do to Timothy? You know what it did to Timothy, guys? It attracted Timothy to the Lord and he became a young man in the service of the Lord, putting his life on the line for Jesus Christ, whom he never met probably. Why would Timothy be such a person? Let me talk to you about my grandmama and my mama. And that's why I am who I am today. And and it attracted him to the Lord. I've recognized that that many times in the faith, we what? We we repel people and, and we push them away to the faith rather than attracting them to the faith. If there is anything cool, if there is anything amazing, if there is anything radical, if there is anything lively, if there is anything hip, if there is anything that is amazing, awesome, I don't know what adjective to use. It is followers of Jesus Christ. That is the baddest thing on this earth are followers of Jesus. Oh, the flow is going this way, but the baddest men and women of God are walking against the flow. That is what genuine, faithful followers of Jesus do. That is what faithful mothers do. Godly mothers are women of genuine faith, of sincere faith. And you're not weird because you attract people to the Jesus you serve. Remember that time I preached that message about weird Christianity? The one with the sign? Accept Jesus or go to hell. That's weird. But you love people in. You love people in. And then you teach them the gospel. And you you show them like this is the heart of God. Amen. Paul goes to write in 2 Timothy. I don't want to just end there. I want to fly to the next two points here. Chapter 1 verse 5. I I shared that with you. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 and 17. He says this to Timothy Paul. He says, remember what he said in chapter 1? He said this. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am also persuaded it's in you. But then later on in his letter, he says this. But you must continue. This is so good. 
You must continue in the things which you have learned and that you have been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. Did you see that? Continue in the things which you've learned. The things in which you've learned and who you've learned them from. Verse 15. And that from childhood, this is Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy, from childhood, you've known the holy scriptures which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Since when, church? Childhood. Verse 16, he says what? And all this that you've learned since childhood, everything that was instructed to you, taught to you, lived before you, all of this, what is Paul saying? All of the scripture's been given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So that what? So that the man of God, you, Timothy, you were complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why? Because of the word that lives in you and because who it was that taught it to you. Number two, write this down. Godly mothers honor God's word. And what do they do with God's word? They just keep it all to themselves, of course. No. They train their children in it. Oh, well, that's his job. Well, that's their job. That's the school's job. That's the church's job. The moms, that's your job. You train your children in the word of God. So what do I need to do? Know the word of God. Know the word of God. Fathers are coming next month. They're going to get it. But all of us, we need to, we have, a, we have, we have a, a generation, a generation that is coming after us, and it's very scary, the world we live in. And as godly people, and as I'm picking up moms, godly moms, we honor his word. Wherever we're at, every single one of us, we honor his word, and we train our children in it. Maybe you don't have a child, but I want you to know some of you are very close to my children. And because you're close to my children, I need you to honor the word of God so that what? So that you could be teaching my child the right things with your lifestyle and with your words. Oh, but this is not for me. I don't have children. No, but you do have children. You have children that look up to you. My, my son, for example, looks up to so many of you guys that you have no idea. Is so-and-so going to be there? Is so-and-so coming over? My daughter, I, I, Olivia comes over here sometimes, and my daughter forgets about her father. She runs and hugs Olivia's foot. But Olivia better know that she's mentoring my daughter with her life because she's looking at her. That's, so, the, oh, I guess this is not for me. No, no, no. This is for all of us. He says in verse 14, continue the things which you've learned and been assured of knowing from whom you learned them for. Listen to this. Knowing from whom you have learned them. Knowing from whom you've learned them. He points to the reality of God's word in these people who influenced Timothy. <clears throat> he could look at their lives and see that the word of the Lord, what? Timothy could say, oh my God, the word of the Lord is reliable. The word of the Lord is true. That it could be confident as I grow up. I could be confident in the word of the Lord. It is worth obeying and living for. Why? Why would Timothy say and confess those things? Because I've seen my mother and my grandmother live it. I would hate for my son to grow older and say, I will not obey the word of God. Why? Because supposedly that's what my dad's life was behind, and my dad's life was totally, totally opposite from the things that he said. So because of that, eh, I want nothing to do with that. That's a fear in our lives. Knowing from whom you've learned them. And that's what Timothy learned from us. Parents, we should be primary people, agents, individuals that what? That teach our children God's word. Hey, listen, if you take them to a private school, they're going to teach them. If you, if, if you take them to a Sunday school right now, they're teaching them. 
But if that back room is the only time that they listen to God's word, there is something else that's wrong. Are they listening? Are they watching God's word every day in your life? We are the primary agents to teach our children God's word. And here's something that you could start doing because you're like, man, this is a lot on me. It is a lot on us. So this is what you should do as well because it's not all about you only. But maybe you should start praying for godly mentors for your children starting now. God, I can't be the only person that's a voice in my child's life. I know that. I, me, I know that. So God, I need you to put godly mentors before Jackson and before Jade. You know what? I'm going to pray some bold prayers after today. I am going to do this, and I promise you this. I'm going to pray, God, I want you to give someone like Paul was to Timothy to my son Jackson. I want you to give a Paul to Timothy to, uh, to, to someone like that to my daughter Jade. And the reality is don't be jealous and don't be overburdened as to think that you're the only one who can influence your children. I want you to begin to pray, pray for godly, godly Sunday school teachers. I mean, we're praying for more teachers, and guess what? They need to be godly. Pray for godly Sunday school teachers. Pray for, how in this church we've been praying for what? Youth leaders, youth workers. It's almost like everyone's scared of youth. One day someone will rise up and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to start doing youth here. What do you think about that? I'm going to probably say, I think it's great. <laughs> but are you godly? Think about this. Let's start praying for godly youth leaders. Begin to pray for godly pastors. Begin to pray for godly men and women to influence your children for righteousness. How many of you could say amen? Verse 15, he says, and that from childhood you've known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through the faith which is in Jesus Christ. Moms, such an important role you play to pray for and to use scripture to what? To lead your children to faith in Jesus. I want to share two things of Charles Spurgeon. Can I do that? Why? Because he was called the prince of preachers. Charles Spurgeon, known and called the prince of preachers, he tells how every Sunday, listen to this, pretty long, but you'll like it, hopefully. He tells how every Sunday evening his mother would stay home with the children, read and explain the scriptures to them, plead with them to think about the state of their souls and to seek the Lord. He remembers, this is in his autobiography, I forgot what it's called, but he remembers one time her praying, and he quotes his mom's prayer. Now, Lord, listen to this mom pray. If my children go on in their sins, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. And my soul must bear a swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold of Christ. He says that thought of a mother's bearing swift witness against me pierced my conscience and it stirred my heart. <laughs> That's a powerful prayer from his mom. How many of you is like, they don't make them like that anymore? Spurgeon's father was often away from home preaching. His father was a preacher, and guess what Spurgeon did? He took up his father's mantle, and he became what would be known as the prince of preachers. And one, <clears throat> once he was on way to a service, and he feared that he was neglecting his own family while caring for the souls of others. So he turned back, and he went home. When he came into the house, everything was quiet, except for the voice of his wife behind the bedroom door. He listened and he heard her pleading earnestly in prayer for the salvation of all her children, and especially for her strong-willed firstborn, Charles, Charles Spurgeon. 
His father thought that with his wife caring so well for the spiritual interest of his children that he could go on about the Lord's business. So he left again for his preaching engagement without disturbing her. (laughs) What examples did Charles Spurgeon see in his father and his mother? So I thought about this and I said, man, it's so important to live in his word so then I could be able to what? To lead in his word. Live in his word so you could lead in his word. We know that that's so important, this lifestyle. In Hebrews 4.12, it teaches us about the word. And it teaches us that what? For the word of God is alive and it's powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's the word of God. Amen? So back to what Paul writes to Timothy. Remember what I just read in Hebrews 4. So what does Paul write to Timothy? Remember verse 15? From childhood, you've known the Holy Scriptures. That's the word that does all those things in Hebrews 4.12. They're able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then he says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness for what? Here is the highlighted verse, which you should circle and highlight, so that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. How many children are leaving the homes incomplete because we didn't do a good job completing them by the teaching of the word of God? So they leave leave incomplete because they lived incomplete. Amen? Moms, honor God's word. And what? You should know the next part. And what? You're not taking notes, moms. And train your children in it. Know God's words. Know God's word and train your children in it. And lastly, which I believe uh, we covered this already. Number three, godly mothers have great influence on their children. And all of us could say yes and amen. Who knows, as I end here, because I'm not going to take long on number three, because I feel like all of my message is based as well on number three. But godly mothers have great influence on their children. And who knows what lifelong influence Lois, grandmom, and Eunice, mom, had on young Timothy. Sure, he was strengthened greatly through his relationship with Paul. But the foundation was laid by his godly mother. The foundation was laid by his godly grandmother. It is not too much to argue that the history of this world and of our lives have been shaped in the home through godly, especially as we're talking about today, through godly moms. I know that my life has been shaped through godly mothers in my life. Amen? I want to end with Something that Theodore Roosevelt once said, the president, and Spurgeon said. Spurgeon says this, Never could it be possible for any man to estimate what he owes to a godly mother. Certainly I have not the powers of speech with which to set forth my valuation of the choice blessing which the Lord bestowed on me in making me the son of one who prayed for me and prayed with me. How can I ever forget her? Her tearful eye when she warned me to escape from the wrath to come. How can I ever forget when she bowed her knee, her knee, and with her arms about my neck, prayed this, Oh, that my son might live before thee. 
President Theodore Roosevelt says, and I quote him, when all is said and done, it is the mother and the mother only who is a better citizen than the soldier who fights for his country. The successful mother, the mother who does her part in rearing and training or right the boys and girls who are to be the men and women of the next generation is of greater use to the community and occupies, if she only would realize it, a more honorable as well as more important position than any man in it. The mother is the one supreme asset of the national life. She is more important by far than the successful statesman or businessman or artist or scientist. Godly mothers. So moms, you have great influence on your children. And I'm not taking away anything from any of us where we're at. Or I'm not taking any importance from fathers. Today I'm just letting you moms know how important your role is, your ministry is, as godly mothers to your children. And all I could end is by saying this, moms, don't ever forget this. <clears throat> You're just built different. And take on the ministry. Take on the ministry in which you were built for. And do it well. So when you stand before the presence of the Lord, you could say what? I present my children the best that I could. The ministry that God gave me. That is your first ministry. Outside of your husband, that is the next ministry right there, your children. And you worry for your child and you pray for your child and everything will be well. That's it right there. And for every single one of us, maybe you're not a mom, maybe you will be a mom, Maybe you're a father. Maybe you're not a mom or a father. You're a young man, a young woman, an older man, an older woman. It doesn't matter. The reality is we could grab all these things and apply it to our lives and say that's what God has called me to be. That's what he's called my faith to be, my influence to be. That's what he's called me to be in the word. It's important because without me even knowing it, I'm leading people and I'm influencing them. And hopefully my influence to them is based on the word of God. Amen. Can you stand with me today as we just stand before his presence? Come on, I want you just to really just give him your heart right there where you're at. Speak to your king right there. Speak to your Lord. Speak to your Savior. Speak to your God right there. Lord, we thank you today. You're such a good God. You're such a good, good God. We thank you, Lord God, because you've given us moms. And, and we thank you, Lord God, because you've called many here to be moms. Some, it's natural. Some, it's through adoption. Some, it's spiritually. You've called them to be moms in other people's lives. Lord, you've called every single one of us here to have influence to be godly men and women. Whether we're fathers or mothers or not, Lord God, we're called to be godly men and women. That we would lead well because we live well. We lead strong because we live strong. We lead in your word because we live in your word. That our faith would be a faith which is not hypocritical, but a faith that would be genuine, sincere. That it would be contagious that our version of Christianity would cause many to follow 
and many to live and acknowledge, surrender to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that, Lord God, you would truly elevate us, catapult us forward to do great things, even in the lives of others. Hopefully, we've learned more than ever during this time that we're not called to live for ourselves. But one of the greatest things that we could come to grips with today, to understand today, in Christ Jesus, I'm also called to live for others. And I pray sometimes it's very hard to live for others. And it's very hard to release and lower my pride and my ego, or it's very hard to wash another's foot. But Lord, I pray that every single one of us would be more like you, that your word would shape us, and that we would be that influence in another's life, that we would just be built different. And Lord, we pray special blessing over moms who are definitely built different, who have such a unique ministry and calling in their lives, that you would strengthen them and that they would do it well, pure, genuine, godly, Keep them whole. Let them not entertain foolish things. Let them not receive from foolish sources that the waters that they drink from will never be polluted waters, but that the waters that they drink from would be the waters of heaven, that in them it would spring out of bubbling springs of water. Holy Spirit, that you would give grace to every mom that is here, that you would direct and lead and comfort, that you would strengthen that you would call every mom to do the great things in which you've called them to do. Lord, we thank you for your word, for the word that it speaks to us, for the teaching that it gives us, for the correction that it gives us, for the encouragement that it gives us. And I pray that every single one of us have learned something here today and that we would be made so much better, transformed as we walk out of here. Come on, right there where you're at, can you just surrender your life to your God? Surrender all those things. Come on, maybe we could sing a song over you this mo- in this moment and just cause you to really just release all those things and say, Lord, I heard your word today. Make me that man. Make me that woman. Moms, make me that mother. Come on, offer it up to him right now. Offer it up to him.